0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Adler Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, of the most as always, Adler Marcy, and season five is powering through. But I kind of had to bring this person back on because last time we didn't get enough of him and we didn't get enough time with my good friend Kyrie uh, Oliver on the show. And I just really, I almost said Irving. That's how messed up it is. That's the only other Kyrie I know. I almost said that. Damn, watching basketball clips for a show. <laughs> Anyway, Kyrie's a badass. You guys, if you haven't heard the first episode, I will put the link to that episode in the description below and, of course, on the website. But, Kyrie, dude, I don't want to give you too much of an introduction here because they're going to go back and listen to that because I I urge you to listen to that first because this is just going to keep going. Thank you for taking the time to do the show today, man.
1: Yeah, of course, man. Thank you for having me back on.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Like I said to you last time, I could speak to you for literally ages. But we just didn't have enough time at that at that time. Uh, we That's what they do
1: like a six-hour live video.
0: Oh, don't even get me started. I was speaking to uh, Matt Matt Wolf and Joe uh, Fear of I think Hustle and Flowchart, and we were having a conversation last night. I was like, you know, that if we actually ever did a full-on podcast the way we wanted, we'd probably go on for about six or seven hours. And they're like, yeah, it wouldn't even bother us. We would actually be up for that. So I was like, yep, just a good good little thing to do. So man, what have you been up to in the new year? I mean, how's uh, twenty nineteen treating you?
1: It's great, dude. It's the way I've described it so far, like business wise, pretty much been effortless. Like, yeah, it, it's all the hard work I did last year mm-hmm. with the branding, positioning myself, how I become an authority, not only among like fans but also among my peers. Um, oh, yeah. go ahead.
0: No, I was like, oh yeah, I was just agreeing with you.
1: Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just all the learning that I did and kind of the introspection that went along with it, uh, it's kind of just all paying off right now. And I'm, I'm just maintaining and building momentum.
0: That's pretty cool. I love that. And again, as someone that actually just follow you and is a huge fan of your work, one of the things I really love noticing, and we did, co- I think we covered this last time, is how you have basically garnered your own personality and built your brand out. Um yeah. Particularly, if we didn't, we're going to cover part of that today as well, just a little bit. But like one thing I, I just love about what you did is 2017. I think we became friends in 2018, but 2017 I would say, nah, eh, don't not on my radar. 2018 on my radi- radar. Rest of 2018 I can't avoid you everywhere. You're somehow in every single mastermind, friendship circle, Facebook group, WhatsApp group, Messenger group. You name it. We're basically both sat and I'm like, okay. I've had one conversation with him, I think he's cool, and he's now following me around the internet, or I'm following him around the internet. This I, I've gotta to speak to this guy. <laughs> and it, it's it's really powerful to see you actually and, and really makes me happy to see you everywhere because every time you put up a post on Facebook, you get an insane amount of reactions. Mm-hmm. Like a literal insane amount of reactions, and that's again, that all comes down to your branding. So I I guess the first thing I really want to ask you, because last time you gave us an idea of how you actually think these things through, the question I really want to ask you is what really kind of sparked it off for the brand? Like, what was it about you, the the, the way that you did things that you're like, I want to build this kind of brand?
1: I I don't think that was the intention. It was, I want to finally um, not hold back on sharing myself. Like, if anybody's known me, and, and this is actually why, I talk about it every once in a while in my brand. It's like on my page, my mom's there, my brother's there, my grandma watches everything I post. Yeah. Like <clears throat> if this wasn't actually me, you'd be damn sure one or all of them would have said something about it by now. And like, cool. the only thing I, every time I talk to my grandma, she'll bring up one of my posts. Like, yeah, you know, I think that was a little much, but I understand. It's like, oh. they just, they get it. This is me this is who I've been my entire life. I think of the biggest thing was just giving myself permission to be that online, like to stop trying to posture and I don't know, maybe subvert certain pieces of myself, um, you know, for comfort or for maybe people won't receive it in the right way. I just stopped caring, not about people's perception, but about like providing context along with who I am. So I may say something that can be triggering or, um, you know, not received well by some people. But if they actually scroll through my comments where I'm able to elaborate, um, they they get the context they need and usually don't end up hating me for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the cool things that you've done. And I could get slapped in the face with this, but I don't think I will with you, which is cool. Essentially, the way that I have you in my mind is that you're like you're you're basically the modern day Huggy Bear. Is the way I look at you. It's like, cause you run literally everything. Yeah. No one fucks with you, but everyone loves you. Yeah. Like even the people that don't like you, they love you. Like they could be like, I would never hang out Kyrie, but I love what he puts out. Yep. It's, 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 it's the goofiest yeah,
1: thing. A lot of that's their own insecurity. A lot of that's their, you know, they don't want to be seen as me. Cause again, I am sometimes polarizing, but I think you kind of hit it right there. It's like, I- I'm, I'm semi-nice.
0: <laughs> you're, you're really nice. That's the thing. You're, you're, you're honest. That's the difference. Yeah, and anyone but, listening to this could hear in your voice.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm honest um, not for the sake of being polarizing. I think that's it is polarization isn't the intention. I think that's really a big piece of me is you see the people online who are polarizing and you can tell who's doing it on purpose. You can tell the people who are trying to be divisive. It's just not an interest of mine. I have weird thoughts sometimes, so I put them out there. I talked about – I posted a status last week about how I accidentally flicked my cat in the butthole.
0: Yeah, I saw that and I burst out laughing. And it's it's like Yeah, because you just you, – you would actually do this shit. You did that shit and it was funny. And you were like, I'm going to share this because I think you'll – I don't know what you think. It does make not, everyone happy though.
1: And I think that's it. It's I don't want to be suffocated by my brand. I have to be this buttoned up thing all the time. No, I don't. I can share every piece of me. I can do pictures of my dog, and I can talk about marketing, and I can talk about masculine and feminine energy, and I can call out the bullshit that I see in, in multiple industries. Um, and it's an all-encompassing view of who I am.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the really cool things I do like about you. And I've just realized we've gone about six minutes into this show, and I still haven't done the sponsor call, so I'm going to do that very quickly. There you go. Uh, This episode is actually sponsored by influx.com, uh, which is I N F L U K Z.com or Z for my British friends, and also com. Go check those sites out. But Influx is actually Kyrie's site. I'd say not even so much your website, just go find him on social media. Like, honestly, that's the best thing you can do with Kyrie's. Find him on social media. You will fall in love with him and you will want to give him money. I will, I will give you that forewarning right now. <laughs> Those two things are like bound to happen at some point. You're like, he's funny. Where's my checkbook is essentially is yes. how it would go. Um, or if you're a millennial, where's my where's my app? More like it, let's be honest. That's, that's say, the truth. You
1: know, you know, I've actually never written a check
0: before. I would, I'm not surprised because neither have I. I'm like a couple of years older than you and neither have I. How old are you? I'm 29. Oh, shit. How old do you think I was? i thought you were like early 30s okay that's good that's okay that's new, not too far off you're like three years off of that but like, no, I no, yeah. like
1: 47
0: <laughs> i to be fair if i looked 47 if i look this good at 47 i'm okay with that i wouldn't give a shit if anyone was like are you, are you really you're 47 like yeah 47 i think yeah. i'm just gonna walk around and say that to people today how old you know
1: funny, are Forty seven. my grandma actually lies up about her age so that people tell her she looks good
0: Oh man, I love you, Grandma. I love it when grandmas <laughs> do that. It's like the best thing in the world. How Thank old you. are you? I'm 80. Really? Yeah, you look good for 80. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. You know, look like shit for 18.
0: Oh man, I've got a friend of mine that is 20, and I swear to God, he looks like he's 25. I'm like, he's 34. I'm 24. So well, this... No, that's the thing. I know why people think you're older. I know. It's because wait, are you six six?
1: Or six yes, four? I am. Yeah, you're six.
0: six six and four. What were you, a linebacker back in school? Like when you played,
1: offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, so you're offensive lineman. So they see you there. You're stupidly goofy, but you have an air of like you just carry yourself in a very mature way. So you have like this weird mix, and everyone's like, "Oh, he must be older because he understands things," whereas. Let's be honest, if I think back to me five years ago at 24, I'm like, um, I'm flying around life by the seat of my pants wondering what the fuck I'm going to do. Yep. So, kudos. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was in your shoes at one point where everyone was like, Haha, you know what you're doing with your life. That's amazing. I was like, shut the fuck up. I still don't. You, you actually do know and we can all see it. So It's kind of cool. Um, but one one thing I did want to discuss with you was you posted this earlier today about how you get feelings about people and how you can break people down very, very quickly. And it's I don't know if it's a thing that you practiced or if it's just an innate ability that you have that's honed in. Um, so which one is it, in your opinion, or of your thought? What was the question again? Okay, so you know like how you posted earlier, I think today or yesterday, about how you can read people very quickly to get to that core of who they are? yeah like is that more of an innate uh, of an innate ability that's just naturally there or is it something you picked up over the years
1: i think i've always felt it i was only able to decipher it probably from like 19 on maybe 18 on Mm -hmm. um it's definitely always been like a feeling of mine but i wasn't able to articulate it until around then and i'm still like constantly iterating
0: that yeah, I've noticed that as well. Because like, there's a couple of people who we're not going to go into names. I mean, as much as I want to, I I don't really, I don't think it's it, it's good table manners, so to say, to actually <laughs> go into other
1: people's. Yeah, it's not good practice.
0: Yeah, it's not good practice to do so. But you've ver- you've had like very strong feelings and aversions towards certain people, and it's been beneficial for you. So like, one of the key things I really want to ask you in this case is. What would be some of the things that people should look out for when connecting with other people? Because there are some quote unquote influences out there that we all know and that you and I definitely know that they look, they're, they're representing what they're represented one way online and they're completely like the polar opposite when you get to know them. Yeah. Um, what are some of <clears> the <throat> things that you've actually found that helps you circumvent having that feeling of being burned because it does become emotionally draining after a while?
1: Yeah. Um, I look at the things that they focus on. Um, Like, I think it's, at least for me, it's it's pretty apparent. And maybe if you look at it through this lens, it may become more apparent. Whether they focus on people or things a lot more. Um, The people focus on things are are much more likely to be interested in things and be motivated by things. I'm not as much interested in things, which is why I'm able to serve people. Um, I I think, and and you kind of toe a fine line sometimes as well between leadership, influencership, and narcissism. And I think creating like a strong, maybe border just in your own mind of what that looks like. What does it look like when somebody's actually providing value versus just indulging in themselves and and talking about how incredible and how amazing they are. Um, Or or even just like trying to hide them talking about how amazing they are behind somebody else. I, I mean, I've seen some of these big influencers interview somebody else and it turns into uh, I'll call it a dick measuring contest. Yeah. there, they, it turns into them telling the guest who's supposed to be spotlighted how incredible they are themselves. And it, it, yeah, I just, I started gathering information and gathering this picture of certain people. And now it's to the point where I'll see certain influencers. Like I asked um, maybe a week and a half ago on my page, what millennials you would tag, you know, in my status as powerful in their essence, like who is just powerfully moving through the world and probably four or five of the guys that I that I saw tagged were the absolute opposite of that in my mind, but obviously convinced a lot of people
0: that they were in that way. Yeah, I've seen that, too. And it's kind of interesting because I do find it just as a flip note, because I want to see what because the, so there's two types of people. I want to know what the other type are in a second. Um I've noticed that as well with some interviews that I've done where I catch myself in my own ego, where I find that I'm actually going through the process of my interview and speaking over my, not speaking over them, but like, it does get into a little bit of a dick measuring contest and then I'm like, whoa, 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 temper that shit down. And I know the one area is it's when I'm talking about copywriting. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, obviously you're gonna get a little bit competitive about it. But then again, I just like temper that shit down. like, wait, you need to bring this back to them because they're here doing you a service, not the other way around. You're there having a good time with them. That's all it is. Um, So that's the first thing. The second is I actually find it really interesting that like the other side of the coin, especially with like millennials particularly, um, which is our generation, we tend to, we, we split into like those camps where you're like really polarizing and you're the exact opposite or you're really quiet and hardly anyone knows about you, but those that know about you are like, why is this person not bigger? Yeah. And I found that that all comes down to the intention of the person that's actually being spotlighted because some people are just happily happy with just like cruising through in the background, get doing what they need to do to get done and just like segment this. What was it? Not segment, um, cement their legacy down the line of what mm-hmm. they do. So, out, so that's, a thing i do want to talk to you about but like kind of jumping back into it what was the other type of person that you actually mentioned
1: the other type of person i mentioned
0: yeah you said that there was the type of people that would like they're one way they're forward-facing in one way like oh shit. what's it called so basically it was just exactly what we we're speaking about the type of people that actually show a front one way but in reality they're a complete opposite so they're yeah that they're, they're very borderline narcissistic what was the other side
1: um I, it, these are just characteristics that I'm I'm kind of listing out. I don't think there's like two different archetypes of them. Oh, um, sure. but I think I think narcissism is a big one. Um, yeah, I, I think looking at their motivation again, things versus people. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm doing the work right now, of like really trying to articulate what I see because I can see it. Um, yeah. It's very clear in my mind. But it's now trying to kind of
0: Get figure into out
1: words. Yeah, like put. How do I put an essence into words? Like, gotcha. there's this thing about this person that I see very clearly in my own head, and I would never invest in this person. I would never even buy a book from them. Um, a lot of them, I, I never even care to have a conversation with. But yeah, it, it's it seems to be super unclear for other people. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to articulate that for the benefit of of the market.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of people, unfortunately do get burned and it burns the good ones as well. Yeah. It's like whatever the bad do impacts the good, but whatever the good do just only seems to help the bad.
1: Well, yeah, now you're an exception. If you, if you do good, you're just an exception.
0: Which is really sad. Like that is actually a really sad state of things. If you actually just do good, you're an exception to the rule.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I think most people out here are decent, but I think what happens is, most people out here aren't um aren't noticed yeah. so you only see the the highs and the lows you don't see anything in the middle and, and i think 95 percent of people exist in the middle
0: yeah no i would agree with that entirely like there was times when i'm going through like cruise control stuff and that's again that's the middle for me i don't like posting on social media about it like i always wonder how people post so much constantly like i'll I'll post a few a thing or two here or there but like i i know myself well enough i I privatize everything i do in my own head i'm like i don't need to tell the world i just did like an epic workout like if that epic workout came into place of like my status this morning about how um you push back you push past certain boundaries like for me it was like yeah learning the ukulele or lifting 440 pounds in five weeks like with my legs like from standing start to 440 pounds in that short space of time, what was the lesson I need to keep pursuing and keep going and it'll get better and get consistent. That's like the only time I really want to give those kinds of insights. Otherwise it's give some vulnerability but not too much. Now, one thing I did want to, another thing I did want to ask off of that was particularly, it's lenient towards um, business deals, particularly like how you structure your business deals. I know that's complete we're doing a complete jump ship on this, but there is this uh, question came up to me. It was like, oh, hey, you should ask this right now. I was like, oh yeah, I will because I'll forget otherwise. Um how do you structure your business deals? because a lot of people don't know this, but you have done an insane amount of money for your clients in the shortest space of time. was yeah. like I want to say, I don't want to downplay it, but is it like thirty four million in like three years?
1: Yeah, a little bit over thirty five and I started November two thousand and fifteen. Yeah,
0: so a little over three years, you've done just over a little over 30, $35 million for your clients. Yeah. Yep. Like, how, how do you structure your deals, though? Like, I'm really curious. Like, Do you do it as a percentage, or do you do it as a price-plus percentage? or?
1: Uh, so each one really is customized. So I have my minimums of what I need to charge in order for really to make the process, like make this project make sense for me financially, or for just it to be worth my time. Uh, I have my certain minimums. And then if it it sounds like a a home run project, I'll usually propose, hey, let me take a little bit off my minimum and propose a a revenue split. And then for higher end projects, like higher ad spends, I usually charge a percentage of ad spend at minimum.
0: Okay. And now I'm just curious, I want to, like, you can obviously say no because you're free to do whatever. But I was going to say, so like, how much do you, ch- how did you come up with your minimum number? And curiously, what is your minimum number that you would actually look at when you're working with someone?
1: Uh, my minimum for people I don't know is 3,500 a month to so run their advertising campaigns on Facebook and Instagram. Um, nice. and, and that comes with like full scale. I'm creating the images I'm creating. I've worked with them on the copy. I'm creating audiences. Like I'm, I'm responsible for kind of full fledged everything on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Um, end, to end basically in that sense.
1: Um, I came up with it honestly. I I started out charging three hundred dollars a month, and what I did, I'll t- I'll I i will i do not even know if I've said it on a podcast before. The first twenty-five million dollars that I generated for people, I never made more than twenty-five hundred bucks in a month. Yeah. Like I I was getting paid dirt to do amazing work, but it's because I I was looking at the long term. I was looking at what does this work right now afford me in two years? And what it's afforded me is now I get to say I've generated $35 million for my clients. It has nothing to do with my income. That's something that's interesting about all of the influencers online or, or certainly most of them, how much they talk about how much money they make and how many people don't realize that has nothing to do with their ability to serve the clientele. If you're a six figure, seven figure, whatever, what does that have to do with your ability to cert, like to help me with what I need?
0: Mm-hmm. You so know I, 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 I applaud you so very much, by the way, just so very much. This makes me so happy to hear. Um, mainly because I, again, it's something you said you, you are, and I'd actually turn this around on you. And so say you're an exception to the rule of earlier, of being a good person and what you do. Obviously you're on the show. Um, but the one that really gets me is, you did it for the ability of the long-term effect. Yeah. Like to give you an idea, um, just to compare and kind of show you exactly what I mean. I think the first time you and I had a conversation, we were talking about email marketing and you asked me how much I charge. And I told you, so how much you charge per email. And you turned around to me later and you were like, "Man, seriously, people charge like ten thousand dollars or something like that." It was like, a, it was a ridiculous influx number of how much people charge for an email campaign. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't need that many emails. I mean, it's only a couple. I'm going to charge you through the nose for them." And I jokingly said something like, "Well, you can pay me more if you want it, but it's this <laughs> much." And you're like, "No, it's okay." Yeah. But that the way I look at it is. I'm I care more about like what people do like I as long as my bills are covered as long as I have a little bit extra money to put aside to like create a financial future for myself I don't really give a shit about that for me it's it's more or less can I help you if I can yeah. help you I'm willing to take an initial hit to get like a better rate on the back Um yeah but there is a thing to say right now, like always value yourself accordingly and appropriately. So copywriters out there that have only recently graduated from a copywriting program do not. And I repeat, do not come out and start charging a list or even B list copywriter fees until you cracked in at least your first million.
1: Cause we'll find you and we'll slap you
0: pretty much. And Kyrie Kyrie's going to slap you. I'm, I'm going to kick you. <laughs> I kick harder than I, He's, he's bigger. He's, Actually, I was going to say he's bigger and scarier looking than me, but he's really not. He's he's bigger than me, don't but tell he, you that. he's actually used, actually to be fair, if you I can imagine if you switch to mean face, you'd basically be quite mean. <laughs> like you could be quite it's scary. My,
1: my smile gives it away. <laughs> if I don't smile, at you, I've yeah, I've I've been known to be super super intimidating on accident sometimes. Like if I'm thinking, I have my serious face on, I'll even have like my girlfriend will like. Tap my arm and be like, "Babe, stop!" And I, I don't notice what I'm doing, but I'm like super mean mugging somebody across a restaurant, not even realizing
0: it. Oh my god, I love it when we do, when I do
1: that. you like trembling in her seat on
0: accident. Oh my god, I love it when that happens. But honestly, that's like the that's the fun stuff I always find. Um, I find that people to do sports, they have like this 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 switch in their mind. And it unconsciously sometimes goes off. It's sometimes when you're in danger, other times when you're just like thinking about things and you get a little too serious faced for a situation and you're like, wait, I'm looking at someone while doing this. I was just thinking about something completely different. I think the weirdest one I've had personally in a restaurant was, um, again, very similar to you. I was mean mugging someone except for there was no one telling me that was me mugging them. And I was staring dead in that, like, that way. I was, like, not blinking, yeah. n- not breaking eye contact, nothing. And in the end, they came over, like, hey, what's your problem? I was like, what? I literally broke out of the trance. I, I was like, what was going on? They're like, why are you staring at me? I was like, dude, I was thinking about who would win in a fight between a rabbit and, like, a hat and how that <laughs> shit would go down. And like, if they had medieval armor and shit, and then like, my brain would go on to this weird tangent. And they looked at me like, you know, when you tell someone a really fucked up thought and they think you're lying, but it's so fucked up they have to believe you because that's the only thing you could actually be thinking about.
1: You could have made that up.
0: Yeah, there's like no way that you can. So he literally looked at me and went, "Oh, okay." Um, for for what it's worth, I think the hair would win. I was like, "No, you're completely wrong," and had this yeah, huge so debate. I've already
1: played this through, sir. <laughs>
0: i think i'm gonna like incorporate that into my actual everyday speech which is just like so how do you how do you want to play how do you want to play this through sir Hmm? (laughs) just to see exactly what would happen
1: yep and i think that's it too is it's like it's a bunch of nonsense that's going through your head just because that's where your brain's at right now and and i think i think you're kind of spot on with i say athletes and like ex-law enforcement military that we Advises. have that switch. And especially if you've done any of them at a high level. Yeah. Like, sure, you might have it if you played some high school sports or, you know, some some community college sports. But when you get to that higher level of like – especially – so I, I played American football at, at the Division One level. The level of violence you have to be at at all times is insanity. Like, yep. you can't carry that through life. So you have to have that switch. And I used to have just a small thing I did. As soon as I stepped on the football field, I was a different person. I'm not mm-hmm. nice. I don't care about you. It, I, I broke a kid's, my first play of my senior season, I broke a kid's collarbone. And like he, I mean, he ended up having brain damage from the hit that I gave him. And at the time mm-hmm. I can honestly I didn't care. I, I mean, he was, he got hit, he flew, he hit the ground, got up, super dizzy, tried to start the next play. right before we snapped the ball, he took his helmet off and threw up all over the field and had to get carried off. And I was yelling at him to run off the field so we could play. Like this, yeah. I, I just abused this kid to play before. And I was yelling at his coaches to get him off the field so we could run a play.
0: Yeah. That's the level that you need to have constantly. I always tell people like, um, cause I calmed down over the years from like Thai boxing and stuff like that. So yep. when I used to, fight and stuff like my whole body and my brain was just basically linked towards i want to hurt you like Stop. i would i i have to because i'm a i'm a nice person and you are as well you can just tell nice people are there but they have like this weird backbone and I'm just like oh fuck don't mess with them yeah. me i'm the, the best way i can say it is that whenever i went out for a fight because i love people i've realized i can't be friendly with anyone at jiu-jitsu competitions because at jiu competitions like I think somewhat like wrestling competitions in the U S you basically get grouped with the rest of the people that you're going to be wrestling. And you have, you can have a conversation with them like 10 minutes before you go out and fight.
1: And I'm going to chuck you out with your geek.
0: Yeah. I can't actually do that. I have to sit. I, I have to be quiet. I have to have my headphones in. I have to have my hoodie on and I don't want to talk to anyone until my name is called on the mats. Yep. I'm not your friend. I don't want to be your friend. And what I found is that the moment I started to hit that switch again, because like my old switch used to be, be in the back and imagine that person I'm about to fight in a kickboxing match or a tiebox and match is like the worst human in the world and I've yeah. got to go deliver punishment to them. I'm like, okay, you got to get in that headspace. This, I'm like, this is jiu-jitsu. It's chill, it's fun, but I have to physically believe that I hate you so much that I don't want to hurt you, that I want to hurt you. Because otherwise, as you said, like I know you. If that shit happened today and you were a spectator, that like you saw your old self, you were like... Kyrie, what are you doing? I know you're in a game, but this kid's actually damaged being nice about it. But in the moment, you're like, screw him. I don't care. Get off. Let me play.
1: And even like, so I tried to play some uh, some flag football here in, in Arizona. And I, I kept having my friend ask me to come out. And he was like, hey, man, it's a bunch of big guys from my old high school, so they'll be fine. And I I tried to explain to him the level of football I played at is different. And I only know one like one speed to play football at. I won't be good at, at flag football because I want to hurt people. And he's like, no, no, no. There's a lot of contact. These guys are all really aggressive. Dislocated a kid's shoulder the first. Like, I'm an offensive lineman. You're not supposed to – Offensive linemen don't look like the guys who will hurt you. It's usually the big high-flying plays that where people get hurt. Yep. I, I punched the kid. So in, in pass blocking, you're kind of punching the outside shoulder of the defender. And I punched this kid and dislocated his shoulder the first play – of the first flag football game and I turned to my friend who made me come and I was like I, I can't do this anymore. I was going to sit and watch. I can't play with you guys. Like I'm it, it could took me back to elementary school when my mom had to like tell me playing with my friends like don't be too rough cuz I didn't realize how big I was. Yeah. When I was younger, obviously now I do, but it was the same thing. It was like you guys don't get like when that switch turns, I'm not nice. I'm not
0: Playing with you, no, Friendly it's not.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't do this at a level other than what I've played before, because that's what got me that level. It was mm-hmm. the aggression. It was the violence. And my, I think my girlfriend, my girlfriend and I have been together for a year and a half, and I think she's seen it maybe three times. And the first time she saw it, we got in the car because I didn't notice. Like my face switched. We were walking into the grocery store, and my face. Or um, this guy almost backed into her and I picked her up and moved her out of the way at the same time, slamming my fist down on this guy's trunk. And it was a 21 year old kid in a in like a brand new Mustang. And I dented the trunk of his car, went over to the driver's seat and started yelling at him. And um, I, what's interesting in scenarios like that is I don't black out. Like a lot of people say I get in a fight, I just blacked out, I saw red. I'm very clear and I'm very honest. Even when I'm talking to the person, even if I'm scolding somebody or yelling at them, I mean every word I say. And I think that's what's scary about it. No, I didn't just fly off the handle. I meant everything I just said to you. And I'm just like, I don't I don't think I told the guy I was going to kill him. But it was like, it. I, but I showed him like, this is what's not okay. And he got the message. He drove off. I didn't talk. I didn't realize it again. I didn't talk to my girlfriend the whole time we were in the grocery store. And we got back in the car. She was like, who are you? I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "the the look that came over your face as soon as you saw that guy about to back into me." I'm I was like, "She's like I was terrified of it." Luckily, I know who you are, but I was terrified. And I said, "Good, that's the point. You're supposed to be when when that switch turns, you're supposed to not get in the way and let me do what I need to do." And I, we were actually watching a video, maybe a week and a half ago, and it was. I think it was on YouTube or Facebook. It was like a suggested video that popped up. And it was this like guy running down the street with a kid in his arms. He was kidnapping. Like he just picked up some lady's kid and started running down the street. This girl and her boyfriend are in the car. The girl's recording. And the boyfriend starts hopping out and chasing the guy. She's screaming at him not to. And I was like – like I went through this whole thing in my head of like she's – my girlfriend would never do that or anybody I'm with would never do that. And then she even goes like the guy has the, the kidnapper on the ground and isn't hitting him, but it's just keeping him on the ground until the police come. This girlfriend comes and drags her boyfriend off the guy to let him go to drag her boyfriend back to the car. And all I did was I showed the video to my girlfriend. She's like, I would have stayed in the car and stayed quiet. Like once that s- switch turns and I'm supposed to be doing something I cannot be interfered with because again I'm, I'm almost not me at that time
0: yeah i mean some people do blackout i know it's it's a whole different place but i think the skill as you the way i put it is that the average person to actually reach that level would have to go into that blackout moment to get yes. there to understand what we're doing um and the only reason i say what we're doing like mine isn't anywhere near as yours because obviously you did yours for a lot longer whereas I calmed the fuck down. I think after I was like 22 and
1: just,
0: (laughs) yeah, it's just kind of like a path where doing jujitsu, like the reason I calmed down was because I had a back injury and I was like, I can't fight. And then I just stopped. I think I had one more fight, uh, an MMA fight. And I got, I I won thankfully by a very fluky submission, but, um, which I was lucky for, but for about two minutes in round three, this guy was smashing my face in, like Mm -hmm. in Mount, just, had me beat down i was like god damn how's i'm lucky that my face is still pretty that that's how that's how much you beat me up in that moment i was like god damn this hurts." um so yeah i i can relate to a certain level like that but the only way that you can calm that in my opinion and chat is you channel that into your business that doesn't leave you that killer instinct doesn't leave you and that could actually tie back into what we were speaking about earlier about how you get that feeling with people because the old saying is real recognizes real. Yeah. But also that level that you reach and kind of unconsciously tap into heightens your awareness of what's around you. As you said, you just naturally, like, there's a snap in your head that just flinches and goes.
1: mm mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, something I, it's something I can't turn off either, which is, no. and I've asked, I mean, I have a lot of friends who who do, like, spirituality work and, um, you know, Hypnosis things and stuff, in, yeah. the, say, the metaphysical. Um, and I've even asked some of them, like, is one, can I turn this thing off? That is just always alive in me. And should I, and every single one of them has said, absolutely not channel it, like use it for your benefit. And it just works. Like there's some of it again, I'm trying to articulate, but I can't explain where it's just like when we get into a situation or when something's difficult now, I don't, I don't ever have problems that last two weeks. It doesn't happen. Most of my problems last for about 30 seconds. Mm. I just like, I I do what I need to do to get it done, and then that's it. It just happens, and it happens sometimes at a very high level, a very fast pace. A conversation that needs to be had. As soon as something pops up, I'm like, nah, this person, I need to have a conversation. I'll call somebody in the middle of the day and just like, hey, we need to figure this thing out. We need to get this thing done, over with, and move on.
0: That's a good way of doing it. That's a really good way of doing it because a lot of people don't like even have that, don't like having that conversation. No. That's that's interesting. So kind of like jumping off of that as well as a point, because that that was something I didn't want to say. It's like because you're channeling that into your business and how you're actually using it, if someone doesn't have that, and again, I know it's kind of hard to ask because it's very hard to look at the other side. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't uh, for you. No, I understand Um, it. Yeah. So, like, for someone that doesn't have, like, high aggression and stuff like that or high – or doesn't have that competitive spirit in their mind, what is a way that they can actually start building that around? Because, again, if I may give my two cents before you do, like, because I want you to run with this, um, the way that I look at it is surround yourself with people that are like that and you'll automatically start picking up what is around you.
1: Yeah, I think the pieces of that that are relevant to you, because not all of it is. Yeah. Like, you don't need to attain a high level of aggression to – attain a high level of problem solving yeah but like oh, so the way joe rogan explains jujitsu, high level problem solving with dire physical consequences yep. you had to learn problem solving because if not you're going to get choked out Yep, and you're get out.
0: <laughs> I've, I've been choked out far too many times that
1: so it's like you've you had to learn it the hard way i say anybody who doesn't have that naturally good for you because you probably saved yourself a lot of blood a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, and probably some concussions. Yep. I think the good way to go about it is just like you said, either surrounding yourself with those people or studying, like make it an obsession to study high people who do what they do at a very high level. I'm not talking about Grant Cardone, I'm not talking about Ty Lopez. I'm talking about Michael Jordan. I'm talking about Dwayne Johnson, I'm talking about Tupac Shakur, Muhammad Ali,
0: Mike okay. Tyson. LeBron, James, uh, May, LeBron my, oh, James, you got Mayweather as well. You got Steph Curry, who's another one. Not, not Mayweather. Wait,
1: wait no.
0: Nah, I wouldn't say that in the way that he does it, but I mean from the way that he marketed himself, because he went from pretty boy to money, and that's kind of an interesting marketing level. But don't model yourself after him as a human. But
1: that's, I think you get into the you get into the category of sleazy when you model something after a, a Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. So I'd because I, I know guys who try to do that, like all the marketers right now are would love to like have a video with Floyd Mayweather.
0: Oh, really? God.
1: I think you get like, yeah, I think you, you get into sleazy and that's like Mm. the people I've named, I think they don't have that, uh, that effect on people. You don't get from them. I need to be super showy and that's it. Like you need the substance. And I think those are the, like, The people I think of, even like an Elon Musk. I mean, his interview with Joe Rogan, I I saw a lot of things just with the guy. First of all, I saw that he was not a human being. There's no way, shape, or form. (laughs) Um, But, like, you start picking up on certain things who operate at a very high level all the time. You start picking up on, like, common characteristics. So, like, I can draw a parallel between an Elon Musk and a Kobe Bryant easily. Yeah starting to find like the commonalities between all those people and start trying to adopt that in a small way in your life. Cause no, you're not going to be playing basketball in front of 80,000 people, but you can approach everyday life like there's high risk, even if there's not. Cause I do it quite often when, every time I go into you a know, sales call, I don't even have to sell on my sales calls because my problem solving, I try to do at a very high level. I try to provide as much value as possible on a phone call that you're asking me how we work together. You're asking me how we make it work so that we can work on a project together. Exactly. But because I've had to do that out on a football field before or on a wrestling mat, I've just I've had to do it where it's not an option. Now that it is an option, it's, it becomes easy.
0: That's actually powerful in its, in its own right. And something I want to add to that, it's someone that I actually did mention very briefly. So I'm retracting the Mayweather thing because, again, there is he, you're right, er, there is an heiress sleaziness with him. The person I would say that I like that I did mention is Steph Curry. Yep. If you want to see a general in, in field handle that business at a high level with an intensity but still be the nicest guy in the league, Steph. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy who leads ever Like, I, I'm a huge fan of Steph Curry. Like, I don't get to watch American basketball as much as I want. I don't get to watch the NBA as much. But I still check in to, like, see how the Warriors are doing because, well, they're on a tap. But particularly, it was the bit where Steph was injured uh, in the 2018 2019 season. Like, I think it was around October time or November time. He was injured for some reason. And the, War- the Warriors went on, like, a weird losing streak because Draymond and KD couldn't get on or some bullshit with that. Yep. The, the moment Steph came back on the court, the Warriors just thrashed everyone. It wasn't he didn't even score that many points. He just got everyone in line.
1: Yeah, it's not about the points. And one thing I'll tell people actually right now is go listen to Mic'd up sports. yeah on, on YouTube or wherever you find it on the internet. Go listen to how quarterbacks and linebackers talk to their team. Go listen to how point guards talk to their team. Go listen to how those high-level people – like now we have the ability to listen to actually what they're saying and how they're motivating their team and how they're rallying. Go look at – I guarantee there's a video out there on YouTube of Tom Brady in the last two minutes of football games. Yeah. Holy shit. You'll learn so much about just high-level problem-solving, getting people in gear, motivating your teammates, motivating the people around you, your team and your business. You'll learn so much where you can start drawing parallels to yourself and Tom Brady in those situations. When it comes out to crunch time, what do the best of the best do? What do they say? What's their thought process?
0: Yeah. How do they see things? How do they get others to see the things they, they want them to do? And how do they drive them to that area? How do they get them there? Yep. And I'm actually going to do that because I didn't know Tom Brady's was on there. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go look at that. I, I like looking at fight, mic, like mic'd up, but for fights. Yep. Um, because I love seeing what coaches say to their, to their people on, as they're actually fighting, like tell them what to say, what to do when they're in the corner after they've had an ass whooping. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of the areas of life where you like that you, you pretty much, you substantially and significantly know that you've got your ass whooped when you go back to a corner and everyone's like, all right, buddy, we need to go do this a little bit better, but it's how they rally you. Cause we've seen enough fighters that are losing that come back. um, that's always an interesting way of looking at it. Now, we did, I think we, I asked you what your favorite books were last time as well. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch this up on you just simply because I love asking that question. I'm going to switch it up a little bit on you. Catch me uh, off guard. I, like, I caught you off guard last time. I'm going to try and see if I can do it again. Good. Um, okay. What would you say if you had actually top five and you have to give at least three sports for this, Top five defining sports moments that mean a lot to you. And they don't have to be personal, like you were there and you were playing them. You can have one or two of those And of course. But like events, like I don't know, uh, watching Clay Thompson break the NBA record for most three points made, if, that, if that's significant as an idea. But like yeah. what were your top five? You didn't have to be alive to see them. It could be like the, the, the thriller in Manila was one of them or whatever it is. So yeah. throughout time, what would you say were the top five sporting events? That had the biggest impact in you the way they did things.
1: Yeah, um, Ray Lewis's last season in the NFL, the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, again, the the way that, and and shoot, when we talk about lasts, I mean you talk about Colby Bryant's last game, Derek Jeter's last game, but I think Ray Lewis's final season in the NFL, it, it just showed it was like the. I mean, if you want to put it, like, in a, I don't know, kind of poetic way. it's like It was like his swan song was his last season. And it was just, like, how he was able to rally the team. That team wasn't that great that year. But they knew it's Ray Lewis, the legends, last year. I I mean, just what he was able to do. And, again, I've probably listened to every single game of that season of him mic'd up. The tenacity with which he did what he did was absolutely incredible. I'll say... The second one would be Shaq and Kobe um, winning back-to-back championships, just the way that they were able – and I wasn't very old um, when they did, but I remember watching it. I remember my dad, my brother, and I watching both years back-to-back. And, uh, again, the way that they were able to just as a duo – so say you and your business partner – as a duo, the type of communication, the type of – and they were having a lot of problems off the court too – But the ability to see through that and get to the mission and rally everybody else around it was insane. Um, If you are more of like the dominant type, there's this hour-long video on YouTube of Shaquille O'Neal. I think it's called like Art of Domination or something. But it shows – you talk about top five whatever or top – Basketball players, the most dominant force in the NBA of all time, I think, physically, is Shaquille O'Neal.
0: Oh, without a doubt.
1: Watch okay. like and and I don't know how many people can change like the physical to the mental, but how he was able to dominate physically, there are certain things from that, from watching that that you can glean and start learning how to dominate. Com- not com- dominate people, but dominate sales, dominate copy, dominate marketing, dominate anything on a mental level just the same as he did on a physical level. So I think those are three um...
0: big ones for you, man.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: I I can imagine that. I'm going to add one more to that. Is that okay with you? If I add one yep. of my own? Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be watching For like that was significant for me, just like watching it, would probably be the the, like my brain's scanning through like at least 20 or 30 right now. It's like, who do I want to pick? (laughs) Um, I'd say Anderson Silva's first fight in the UFC against Chris Lieben because I love the pre fight build up. Um, Chris Lieben was on video going, Oh, he's not used to this, he's gonna go back to Japan with a lot easier when I'm eating his shots and like like, walking him down, he's not going to know what hit him and all this like the other. And Anderson just, like, was like, oh, that's, I'm looking forward to fighting the UFC. This is really nice. Oh, he said he was going to knock me out. Well, that's going to be quite funny because that's not, that's kind of, like, impossible. But let's see what happens. It'll be fun. It'll be a good fight. And he was just so nice about it. Yeah. But the thing that was significant was because, um for me, Anderson was, I looked up to him like crazy. Like, his style, his movement, because I saw a skinny a skinny dude at 185 pounds dominate everyone, and I was a skinny dude at 135 pounds. Like I'm six foot tall, but I weighed 135 pounds when I fought. Yeah. Um. Right now I weigh like 175. Like, so I've only put on 40 pounds, but I don't. I, you know, I look, I look decently okay. But Anderson, yeah. I, I see him. He's six two. He comes into this fight, and he goes. He doesn't talk trash. That's the thing about Anderson. He never talked trash, but he would go in there and just show you why he was so imposing and to see the mind games that he would play with you in the fight is crazy like round one he'd make you feel a little bit safe he'd wait for the count step and analyzing his footwork you can just see the moment he decides to turn that switch on and go all right i've got you i've got you figured out now it's time to break you apart and he just and he would do it so yeah the spider is definitely on that list ali's another one but like he, I've got a whole, I've got a whole podcast on a Monday morning that I want to do about him. <laughs> like that dude was a genius. So in, so influential, but it's just the way that he rhymed and so clever in the way that he did things. Because he always saw himself like a lot older, um, yeah. and, and working towards that, which is cool. So real quick, and something that we, I know we didn't go into too much about marketing, which is fine, because honestly, everything we've kind of gone into is more around the stuff around marketing, that if you do that correctly, the marketing area kind of comes to. Yep. My question for you here, and this is a bit of a curveball, is this idea of belief, self-belief in particular. What was What would you personally say is a really good way to help someone that's listening to this right now, that is good at what they do? But they have a lack of self-belief. And I'm going to preamble this for a second by saying I didn't have that belief until January 2019 when a friend of mine told me, hey, you just need to believe in yourself and that's what's really pissing us off. And my people-pleasing thing in my head kicked in and went, I don't want to piss people off, so I think I should believe in myself. I did, and I had an amazing January. So with that being said, over to you to that question was like, what advice would you give to someone to increase their self-belief?
1: I think that's one is done through repetition. Mm-hmm. If if you don't believe in yourself, I mean, if you've accomplished a lot and you still don't believe in yourself, then it's a mental thing. I think oh. for most people, it's repetition. It's the ability and the willingness to do it over and over again and suck and get to a point where you just you're you're solid. There's not a whole lot of holes in your game. You've done the reps. You've you've taken the time to yeah to not to master the thing, but to get towards mastery. I think the closer you get to mastery, I think confidence becomes a lot easier. Self-belief becomes a lot easier. I, I think it's also like a, an introspection. It's a personal analysis of what's holding you back from believing in yourself. Is there this this old belief that you've had that you can't let go of and starting to just look into yourself? It has nothing to do with business. Like I was on a call this morning with a potential client. And we had a cool like 10, 15 minutes on Pete like, Anybody can run a business, people are bad at managing themselves, which makes them bad at business, which makes them bad at relationships. When you learn how to understand yourself and your needs and how you can step up more or better, you start to win. Like You start to understand where your, where your flaws are and just start working on them on a real level. It's not covering them up. It's not ignoring them. It's not acting like they don't exist. It's generally starting from where you're at and building off of something solid. I think a lot of people who seem the most confident in this space or just in the online world have those houses made on sand where they have only self belief and only confidence and nothing to really back it up. And they think that that'll win them a a sustainable business or, or a legacy. And it's just not possible. I think putting in the time, putting in the effort um and, and again i think the introspection is the biggest part the self-belief comes with self-awareness
0: yep could not have said that better myself and yeah i have like no idea how to transition out of that other than saying guys go follow Kyrie everywhere he goes just simply because seriously everything you put out is just gold Thank you. and that's one of the things i really again like i said it's one of the reasons why i like reading your posts and i think i said this last time i giggled my ass off the whole thing about this is how crazy it is. That was a while ago, a couple of months ago, actually, that we recorded that episode. Yeah. And I can still remember the the Facebook post that you put up that made me laugh my ass off, which was, so my dog just farted, woke up, growled at his own butt, and, and went back to sleep. How's your day going? That's still to this day, I laugh at. Thinking about it, I'll have a good giggle about it for a good two or three minutes. <laughs> And now I've got the cat, like, because I have cats, so obviously it's like I flip my cat in the butthole and then just this happened. I was like, that's now going to be stuck in my head. Wait, how many cats do you have? I have two Bengals.
1: Okay, you're fine. I was going to say, any guy with more than two cats is a serial killer, so before you Dad. get another one, get rid of one.
0: I'm going to get a dog
1: next. Okay, fa- oh, thank you. That helps. That takes away one of the cats. Exactly. Plus, my cats,
0: it, to be fair, my cats think they're dogs. Just in nope, FYI. way.
1: Everybody says that they're liars. Cats are serial killers.
0: Oh, no. No, no. Explain why. My cat likes going on walks on leashes. He plays fetch. She does too, by the way. And he, my boy cat, used to go paddle boarding with me in the water. Yeah. See, my mom
1: has – actually, one of my mom's cats is named Puppy, which I'm very against.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit – They taught
1: her how to hike because they live up in Utah. So she walks on a leash. She knows how to hike. She knows how to climb up on my stepdad's shoulder to go on – You know for like their scenic views and stuff i don't get it
0: yeah there's a few cats that are rare like that but overall anyone that says oh my cat's like a dog i would agree um, yeah, except a- for mine actually are so there's a like <laughs> once you meet them you're like no they because they know their names like that's the craziest thing like luna the girls like any of my friends that know them they'll come sit at my place like luna come here she'll literally jump off the top of the refrigerator and walk across to them and sit on their lap and just fall asleep
1: oh wow our cat's luna no, no way. One that I just got from a girlfriend. Yeah, she named her Luna. Huh.
0: Don't name your boy cat. If you get an animal and call it Chase, I'm just going to say that you're stalking me at this point. Yeah, no.
1: Can't can't do Chase. No, my dog's <laughs> name's Kai. We got a Miko, and we got an Apollo. Ah, uh, wait. What breed's Apollo? Apollo's the Cocker Spaniel, the one who farted and barked. <laughs> I love
0: Apollo so much for that. Apollo's, oh.
1: The, oh, Apollo's the asshole dog. I think he told you about him last time. He, he like did. used. To Pee in front of the toilet if I go to the bathroom. He'd pee in front of the couch if I – He hated you. He hated you. Worse.
0: Does he still hate you or –
1: So what he does now is if I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night and he wakes up, when I get up, he'll come over to my side of the bed and curl up, act like he's been there all night. And when I come back to bed, he starts growling at me (laughs) like I'm not supposed to be there.
0: Oh, my God. That dog is so extra. I love it. Yeah. That dog, uh, yeah, pretty much, but still, <laughs> so in good stories. All right, with that happy note, folks, uh, go check out influx i-n-f-l-u-k-z or z.com. I'm so glad I remember that, or just check out Kyrie Oliver online. I mean, just any way you can speak to this guy, he's and if you're accepted into his, uh, I'd say brethren or coven, or just basically accepted by him as a person, be cool, be real, and trust me, Kyrie you'll have a long time and good friendship with this guy. He's, he's a fucking great guy. Just overall. Love could you. not say, could not speak highly enough of you, man. Love it, man. Um, Thank you. I love you too, dude. And I'll, I'll see you on the next, uh, see you guys on the next episode. And Kyrie, thanks again for coming in so soon after to like book in a second episode.
1: No, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm hoping to be back on soon again.
0: Oh, hells yeah, dude. I'm, you'd be like one of my season regulars. It's like Kyrie's yeah. on again. <laughs> I'd love that. Alright guys, see you on uh, next week's episode. Take care and be well.